Hi, this is John J. Wiley. We've got a very special episode of the Law Enforcement Today show. We are broadcasting remotely from the Federation for American Immigration Reforms Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event in Washington, D.C., doing it outdoors. We are on the top floor overlooking the U.S. Capitol building at 400 East Capitol Streets. And this is where the Fox News is, NBC News, Spectrum News, a bunch of other ones. So we've got lots of great guests for you with interesting stories talking about how they've been impacted by the immigration border crisis and much more. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Coming to you from the Federation for American Immigration Reform's Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. Uh, it is outdoors, so it's going to be a different sound. You'll hear traffic in the background. We're at 400 East Capitol Street in Washington, D.C., overlooking the United States Capitol Building. Uh, the home of, let's just say, a lot of stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to anybody. i got a special guest with me. We have Sheriff Terry Johnson, who I met earlier, and he's from Alamance County, North Carolina. That's correct, sir. Welcome. Pleasure to have you here as a guest on the Law Enforcement Show. Well, it's good to be here, sir. How long have you been in law enforcement? I understand it's a long career. 51 years, going on 51 years. It's time to retire and, and move to Florida like I did. But I don't. you don't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to do that. Uh, no, I believe in what we're trying to do. Uh, I believe in the Constitution and enforce the laws of our land. And uh, I just can't see giving my home county that I was born and raised in up to uh, some liberals that uh, don't follow the law, don't follow the Constitution. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. And we, people in D.C., my wife and I are here, we're watching the news, and it's a different atmosphere in D.C. They don't seem to understand what life is like in other parts of America. Absolutely Away from the not. Beltway. And people that are outside of the Beltway really can't make sense of what happens inside the Beltway in D.C. because it makes no sense at all. You're absolutely right. But the decisions they make have effects on communities as far away we talk about the border we talk about the immigration crisis all that stuff that's going on it has a huge impact on your community in north carolina doesn't it absolutely and i just wish that they would come and just spend some time in my community and see the problems that our border crisis has caused for our people we're having numerous overdose deaths increase, uh, numerous uh, overdoses. Uh, we have cartel activity. We're having murders from the cartel in Alamance County. And uh, our price, for instance, uh, fe as of February 19th, 
the price of a kilo of cocaine has gone down from 50000 to to around 35000 in our county, which tells me there's a substantial amount of drugs more coming into our county than what originally was. And no offense, but Alamance County doesn't have a reputation as being the big city. Absolutely not. We have about 172,000 people, 435 square miles. A lot of it is your country setting. Uh, we have, uh, like, Burlington is our biggest city, then Graham, then Mebane, and things have just gone crazy there for law enforcement. One of the things I don't understand, we talked earlier, I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department. Yes, sir. And you would think, and I had this conception in my mind a long time ago, that the people who worked in the counties had it easy. And they don't, because, well, there's a whole lot less of them. Backup is a lot further away. But they're dealing with the same types of crime, murder, and mayhem, and violence that we saw on a daily basis. You're dealing with... And have been for a long time, but it's even increased. Am I correct? It's been a dramatic increase in crime. And it has the same effects on people. And oh, absolutely. One of the things that I, I tell people is, and I take great pride in my career in law enforcement. And I commend you for your career. And we, we talked about that. <clears throat> and I will never apologize because I don't have anything to apologize for. And I have nothing to prove to anybody. But for far too long, the last thing someone in Baltimore saw a 15, 16 year old, usually young male, was the face of a Baltimore police officer as they're taking their last breath. Because they've been shot and killed and it's been going on for decades. And it and it happens where we have families that have two, three, four members of their family that have been murdered. Violent crime and it's drug related and it's a direct connection to the cartels and the southern border. Yes, sir. And and it seems like our government uh, in Washington here don't seem to care. And it's, it's very concerning to me as, as a career law enforcement officer. You know, I took an oath to protect the people in my county and my state and to their property. And all this has been, been destroyed because of the changing uh, our past president's issues and policies on the border. And the only reason it was done just to slap him in the face. And apparently they don't care what is causing in the inner boundaries of our nation. And there is none of the uh, states or counties right now in this nation that is not being affected by the failed policies of the current administration and the border, southern borders. How do we get people to pay attention? Because so many people will say, yeah, I understand it's a problem. It's not my problem. It's not in my backyard. And they, people in North Carolina, for example, think, hey, that is Texas. That is California. That's New Mexico. That's Arizona. That's not North Carolina. But you're telling us it's North Carolina as well. It is North Carolina, and I guarantee it's touching every state in this nation. Now, law enforcement in some of these areas may not be close enough attention to it, but it's going to wake them up shortly if something is not done on our borders. My statement is wake up, America. See what's going on in your communities. One of the things I'm sure that your road deputies have to contend with is... Uh, Interdiction, drug interdiction. We had some of that. I, I was detailed at DEA for a while. While most of my work was in a different capacity, I talked with sheriff's deputies throughout the United States where they will stop a car. And that's a whole other discussion in itself. Yes, being sir. Car stops. You stop a car. You can't tell who's in the car. 
And this is an experiment anyone can do anywhere in the United States. Look at the car in front of you if you're in a car and tell me how many people are in that car. What their race is, what their gender is, what their political identity is, whatever it might be. You can't tell. You cannot tell. And that's without window tinting and it's daytime. Yes, and if sir. you walk in, just look, see when people drive by you, if you can tell. You oftentimes can't tell. But they'll have a, a car stop and it'll be for something that just doesn't seem right. We used to call it hanky. Yes, sir. Your street smarts coming out. Something about them isn't right. They commit a minor traffic violation. And next thing you know, they're seizing 30, 40 kilos. And it's not the good old days. We're talking about cocaine and heroin. No, We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of doses of fentanyl, enough to kill millions of people. Yes, sir. And we're, we're seeing that in Alamance County on our car stops. We're seizing kilos after kilos of, of uh, heroin, crystal meth, uh, fentanyl, and uh, it, it's really uh, destroying our society uh, in our county. And uh, people look to law enforcement to be able to handle these problems. But What's happening happen down on the southern borders is caused us, uh, we don't have the manpower to keep up. We may be seizing 1% of the drugs coming into my home county. And I, I take that uh, very seriously uh, because, like I say, our overdose has increased tremendously. Our overdose death has increased tremendously, all because fentanyl and the heroin. The seizures, the amount of drugs we're seizing, we're seizing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of crystal meth, heroin with fentanyl, cocaine. We're seizing 10 times the amount of, of currency that we have normally uh, been seizing. And all this has occurred since the border has uh, been open. We're going to take a short break. We're at the Federation of American Immigration Forum, a Feet to the Fire Radio Row event, talking with Sheriff Terry Johnson from Alamance, uh, North Carolina. We've got more to talk about. We'll be right back. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. we got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. Return our conversation with Sheriff Terry Johnson from Alamance County, North Carolina, at the Federation for American Immigration Forms Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event in Washington, D.C. Outside, we are on the eighth floor of 400 East Capitol Street, overlooking the Capitol Building. It's a pleasure having you here, Sheriff Johnson. It's a pleasure being here, sir. One of the things that I know is a big issue, and I hear from so many people on the Law Enforcement Today show, we've had a problem for a long time with getting top-notch, top-quality candidates on the job. We have people in law enforcement now that are college-educated, that have military experience, that speak multiple languages, that have multiple skill sets. Not like me. I'm like what you call a knuckle-dragon Neanderthal <laughs> Cretan from law enforcement. I'll be the 85-year-old guy in the old folks home. They'll go, shh, there's 5-0. <laughs> but these people have lots of options. And... When you look at the amount of pay a law enforcement officer gets and the amount of stress, the amount of anxiety, the emotional mental damage that occurs, the physical injuries, the loss of life, all those things, how difficult is it to attract top-notch people? Right now, in my agency, uh, we have 346 employees. We have 52 
openings. Uh, 52 openings out of 346. That's right. And what's happening, uh, a lot of the uh, younger generation is, uh, that would once want to get in law enforcement is not getting into it because of the, a lot of the public, uh, not a lot, but people in the public uh, talking what I call trash about law enforcement, yeah. uh, want to defund law enforcement. And when they can go and make more money in something else rather than take the heat of some of the public, of some of the uh, uh, politicians in this nation, they choose to not to go in law enforcement. We've had several that have left making a whole lot more money with yeah. a whole lot less headaches. That, and they get nights and weekends off. Yes, sir. And their spouses, you know, their spouses pay a heavy price. It's oh. not, when someone serves in law enforcement, it's not just them, it's their family. And my daughters, for example, they're adults. They still bear some of the, the, the brunt of what occurred to me all those years ago. And I'm not saying it's a negative because they're great people. But if someone was going into law enforcement today, I'd have a hard time telling them, hey, look, it's a great career. I love working in law enforcement. I really do. But how do you tell people, hey, come work for us? Yeah, that's, that's very tough. Uh, you know, I think what we're seeing, the, uh, the hires that we have uh, made over the last, say, few months, what they're looking for is to be able to enforce the laws that are on the books, be able to follow the Constitution of the United States, and have someone in that administration back them when they make the right decision, even though the, some of the public say they shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have done that. They don't know. They've never put the badge and gun on. They've never been out at 2 o'clock in the morning and make a, a car stop and, and uh, somebody come out with a gun or shooting. They don't know what these officers go to. And then that is carried back to the home. Right. where these officers live the wives and the kids live in that and a lot of times they don't understand I, like i say i've been in five different shootings in my career and they don't understand the emotional uh, part of it at home when you don't even know uh that you're showing signs of what i call stress right and uh, uh it's very important the, uh, Back in the day, it was just called part of the job. Yes, sir. We're, we're told, I, I'm not saying this is a negative. Suck it up, buttercup. That's we all got a job to do. Go to the next call. Absolutely. And by the way, no one that I knew on police work left unscathed. <laughs> Everybody had their damage. Everybody got dinged to a degree. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got two kids. Uh, and well, I say kids, they're adults. But uh, I, I did not want them to go in law enforcement. But my son... He's an ATF agent, was a Secret Service agent signed to the White House right here in Washington, D.C. under the Bush administration. My daughter, paralegal. And I don't know what's going to happen to law enforcement in this nation. I'll just wish our elected officials would look at the oath of offices they took and understand that, you know, politics should not come into play when it comes to law enforcement no. other than voting. And, you know, if we don't make changes, we've lost our nation. One of the big misconceptions is that everybody in law enforcement is conservative. And while that may be true to some degree or another, it's not where I my experience is. No, but sure. I'll say this. In the law enforcement arena, there are some of those nonpartisan, anti-political conversations. They don't want to get it because we see the, the good, bad, and ugly from both sides. Yes, sir. They write these bills. They write these laws, whether it be state, local, or federal. 
and have no idea what it takes to enforce those laws and or what impact it has on the people when you go there. I honestly think every person in office should at least ride with an officer for 24 hours. How do we get them out from uh, behind their, their, their cushy desk where the most dangerous thing is a paper cut or, or a rusty paper clip? Hey, you're absolutely right. And the, the thing is, and this is what I uh, really hate, you need to check the uh, financial status of an individual that runs for Congress, runs for Senate, or whatever, when they go in office and look at it two years later and see what their financial status is. I'm not saying they're crooked, but we have pushed the, the people's will aside to do what we want and what the party wants. Right. And it, it's uh, quite often it's not about what's best for the people. And, and working in law enforcement, one of the things I say all the time, when I call 911, it's more than likely for a medical emergency. But the person who's going to show up is more than likely a law enforcement officer because there's more of them. They're more mobile. They're not being dispatched from a building. I want the best of the best to show up. I want the one... I made it my entire career, my biggest fear besides shooting someone was having to deliver a baby. I never had to <laughs> deliver a baby. I was scared to death of that. But if something like have, if I have a heart attack, a visiting relative, I want the best cop in the world to show up. I don't want some B-stringer. Yes, sir. But how do we keep these people, they're really good, and say, we want you to stay. We value your input. We value what you do. Well, I've worked with my commissioners. We were way underpaid. And just this past July, some of my people got a 25% raise from where they were. These were career officers that were leaving the, the, the department and uh, raised the starting salary. Well, that's great, but money don't heal everything when it comes to no. law enforcement. No, it doesn't replace the weekends and missed birthdays and everything else. Absolutely, and I've missed a lot of them with my family. Th that's the thing. I, I don't want to cry sad. People say, you knew what you signed up for. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought I did. I thought I knew what I signed up for. I really didn't have a clue of how violent it was, how traumatic, how much you saw. And I didn't understand, and I still don't understand, the amount of political influence. And I wish it wasn't there. I wish we had a fair level playing field for everybody. I agree. We don't. And that comes from on high. That doesn't come from the street cop. And I say it with the ultimate compliment. A street cop is one of the best people I know. That's Absolutely. What I Absolutely. How can people get more information about you, your agency, and what you're doing? Well, certainly, uh, uh, they can. We, we have it on our um, computer, our Facebook, and everything. And uh, would love to hear from some people. They can call 336-570-6311, and we'll certainly uh, be glad to talk with anyone. Uh, our office is located at 109 South Maple Street in Graham, North Carolina, and I would love, where, where they want a job or want to question our agency or anything, I would love to hear from the people. Sheriff Johnson, thanks so much for your service, and thanks for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for your service, sir. We're going to take a short break. Then we've got another great guest heading your way in just a few moments. This is Law Enforcement Today. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. we got a very special edition of the Law Enforcement Today Show. We are coming to you from Washington, D.C. We are on the eighth floor overlooking 
the Capitol building. We are coming from 400 East Capitol Street, which is the home of where NBC, Fox News, CNBC, C-SPAN, all those big players are. And here we are. We have a very special guest. You might hear some traffic noise in the background. I love being outdoors. It's a nice environment. We have a special guest on the show with us. We have Sheriff Sam Page, Sheriff of Rockingham County, North Carolina, as a guest. Sheriff Page, thanks for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for having us. First of all, thank you for your service in law enforcement. How long have you been doing this law enforcement gig total? Nearly 40 years in my state, in the state of North Carolina, the lovely state of North Carolina, nearly 40 years. And uh, before that, I did a little stint with the Fort Lauderdale PD after I got out of the military, and I was the Air Force security police uh, security policeman, canine handler, for five years. Uh, is so, that how you got the bug for law enforcement, or is it something you always wanted to do? No, you got to go back a little bit further. You know, I grew up with uh, Mayberry and Andy Griffin. Ah, uh, me too. And, Great memories. And, 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 you know, even now, the the store the the shows have a story and I love to to watch them. We can remember some of the lines. You know, we watched them so many times. But you know what was sort of funny when I was in service, people would find out you're from North Carolina. And the first thing I ask is, is there really a Mayberry? That tells you that uh, that that show resonated with many people around the country. It did. We grew up watching that. We did. And, you know, I remember being a young cop. Very quick story. And I was watching the New Heart show. And they were somewhere in New Hampshire or Vermont, something like that. I was like, I don't know where that is, but I want to go there because nothing bad ever happens. And I actually started the application process for Vermont State Police. And wow. decided I didn't want to leave Baltimore and lose my seniority. But it was like, there's no killings. There's no one getting murdered. There's none of this stuff. I want to be there with Larry, Daryl, and Daryl and their problems. And Mayberry seemed to be a totally different world. It's like, hey, everybody knew the sheriff. Everybody knew Barney, and they knew everybody else, and that's the kind of policing I wanted to do. Well, that, that I guess it was it was early community policing. Yeah, what we call community policing it's, nowadays it's, is every day. Yeah, there. it was Mayberry. It, it, it's the mindset, and uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm also an Adam Adam Twelve fan. I remember and that. Dragnet, just the facts. Just the facts, man. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, you know, we had influences, but there were good influences, and you know, we look at influences on kids today. You know, what what gets them to go in different places, but you know, fast forward. You know, when I was working with one of the police departments uh, in in between the sheriff's office, I worked with the police department for about four years. And I was a school resource officer for middle school. My daughter was a was a seventh grade at the time. I was <laughs> that was kind of kind of hard for her. <laughs> but oh yeah, it was funny. But uh, we 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 got along. There we learned. A, I learned. I learned a lot. But um, you know, I told people I have 900 kids at this school, and I have the opportunity every day to, to say do something, say something positive to affect those kids. And you know what was really neat is uh, when I became sheriff. And over the years, I've had about eight kids that I had in the middle school working for me at the sheriff's office as deputies. So that's kind of a compliment in itself. And, and of course, I think we've got to work with the kids early. That's why I visit with the kids. That's why I go to the elementary schools. I've got six elementary schools in the county that I work with. And uh, it's not uncommon to me to stop in and eat, eat lunch, put on my cowboy hat, go in there and eat lunch with the kids cowboy and stuff. Hats. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's really it's really funny. But the kids, the, hey, the kids love for you to come and eat with them and interact with them. But the thing is, one day, maybe I've made an influence or something that somebody might decide, you know what, I want to go into law enforcement. You know, even long if I'm not sheriff anymore, but maybe I've been able to do something to help affect the future. And that's kind of why I'm here today. One of these days, since you brought it up, 
I'm going to have to buy a, either a sheriff's uh, cowboy hat or a Stetson. One of these days, you guys have to explain the fascination of those things for me because I don't quite well, get it. Well, now, I'm not, from, I'm not from Texas, but I had that Western train of thought here. You know, I've been out to, I've been out to Arizona several times. I've been out to, uh, working on the border project, working with sheriffs, with the national sheriffs on the Border Security Committee. I've been down in, in the air of Texas. Uh, in 2014, I had the opportunity to be down there during the border surge of 2014, so I got to see kind of what they deal with. And it also gave me an appreciation for what the state troopers, uh, the TPS uh, troopers yeah. do down there. Because uh, not only is the Border Patrol and, and, and the other federal agencies working together, but the Texas Department of Public Safety, they're actually helping to protect America at the Rio Grande. Because we rode on the boats with them and, and saw it firsthand. We had an episode of the show where a Texas DPS trooper was shot from the other side of the border across the Rio Grande from Mexican forces. And to this day, he doesn't know who shot him, and he can't get answers. Well, that's why I sat down in the boat when I was riding with him. And I said, do you ever get shot at? Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. A lot of times at night. But, uh, but you know, I felt like, you know, it's kind of like going back to the military days. I was back in the zone again riding with these guys, and they're running six belt-fed machine guns here, running night vision, um, armored-up uh, sides on these boats and stuff. But, uh, but, it, but you know what? It makes you feel good about We've got some good people. Our Border Patrol agents, our DPS, and all our, our federal and, and the National Guardsmen have been working along the border for several years. Just thank them. You know, today I want to, if I said nothing else, thank all of our uh, of our Border Patrol agents. We stand behind you. We support you. Our ICE agents, we support you. Regardless of what you hear in the media, uh, on other media, right. is we support you. One of the things is you're in Rockingham, North Carolina. That's a long ways from the southern border. But you're being impacted and your citizens are being impacted by what happens there. Well, it's, it's not a cliche. What comes to the border doesn't stay there. Uh, in just a couple of days, uh, the drugs, the human trafficking, human smuggling, uh, or the criminal uh, criminal element can be in my county uh, from our border. Right now, you've got over 92 uh, different countries represented, maybe more now, uh, coming in, and I and they have. I'm sure they stop people on the uh, on the uh, watch list, you know, the Homeland Security watch list, and some terrorist watch lists coming in. It's a, it's a very open, por, uh, porous border, and what concerns me is with all the time we're tying up with all the persons that are trying to seek asylum and hit our borders, what, 210,000? What gets through. Yeah, what gets, th- what gets through that we don't know about, and what I worry about is that terrorist element that don't care about us, the jihadists, the, uh, Lindsey Graham was talking about the other day, and I was, he was right on point, is uh, what happens if somebody decides to game that system and come in through our open borders, which, I'll be honest with you, I think we have probably had some bad guys come through. Not everybody coming through the border is, is a bad person. Yeah, and yeah it's I not. don't know why we have to have that conversation, to be honest with you, Sheriff, because we've been squeezed into a category if you are in favor of more restriction at the immigration or the border or more following the laws then somehow you're racist and you, you hate and that's not it at all we're not talking about that one thing that every elected official and i know every law enforcement official did when they came in they put their left hand on the Bible and their right, right hand said, I, I, I take this oath to protect and defend the Constitution, to uphold the laws of the state I'm in, and also to, to serve the people of the community that you serve, whether you be state, local, or federal. And, uh, you know, because I support legal immigration, I'm not a racist. Exactly. Uh, uh, I love everybody. Uh, I understand there's a plight of people that want to be here because we live in the greatest nation in the world. But the thing about it is, if a nation fails to define its borders, we won't stand long. If we don't follow the rule of law, we, there'll be lawlessness. 
and I don't want to go back to days of Tombstone. No, I, I don't either. And I, I saw an interview on television just the other day, and I'm not going to give the names, but it, it was a gentleman talking about the tragic death of his son. Mm-hmm. His son was a teenager, maybe around 18 years of age, and his son had developed a opiate or drug problem, and he had been clean and sober for a while, which is phenomenal, but then he decided to go ahead and buy some pills, and he bought what he thought were traditional opiate pills. They weren't. They were fentanyl pills, and he took half of one and was dead within six or seven hours. Right. Fentanyl... And where's that coming from? Well, fentanyl is not made in North Carolina, but we're finding in my community. I live in a town... uh, Excuse me. I live in a county, 92,000 population, 565 square miles. I have roughly eight to ten deputies working the whole county plus our jurisdictions. But when you get fentanyl, those drugs are coming in. I used to say, you know, who the, who are these bad guys associated that you're arresting? And now, uh, now I'm saying, if you're if you're arresting someone, or you, and you're dealing, or you're locating heroin or fentanyl, if you're locating those things, that's coming directly from the cartel. Yeah. And we need to hold the Mexican drug cartel and their leadership responsible because for some reason they're kind of like invisible. You know, you hear cartel, but you don't hear any names. When was the last time you heard a name of somebody except for Chapo Guzman or, or, or back in the or 80s? Pablo Escobar. Or Pablo Escobar or, or Noriega. Yeah, we, we don't hear about them. We're, we're but, talking with Sheriff Page from Rockingham, North Carolina. This is an unusual event. It is the Federation of American Immigration Reforms Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. We are broadcasting outdoors on the top floor of the... 400 East Capitol building overlooking the capital of the United States. We'll return to our conversation with Sheriff Page. We're going to talk more about local law enforcement, his experience, what you can do to address the problems that they're encountering. This is Law Enforcement Show. We got so much coming your way. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have I got a deal for you? No, I'm not trying to sell you a bridge or swampland. Enter contest for your chance to win great prizes. By subscribing to the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter, all subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Return conversation with Sheriff Page from Rockingham County, North Carolina Sheriff's Department. Uh, this is the Law Enforcement Today show coming to you from the eighth floor overlooking the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. We are at 400 East Capitol Street where all the big dogs broadcast uh, Fox News, CNN, C SPAN, ABC, NBC, all those players. And then us. And I kind of like it. You'll hear traffic noise in the background, you'll hear wind noise. It's kind of a non sterile environment. And we get to have conversations about how things like the border crisis, which seems so far away, are affecting local communities anywhere in the United States, your community in Rockingham, North Carolina, which, by the way, is they have some of the best barbecue in the world ah, comes out of there. I right. love barbecue Carolina spot. barbecue. Yes, sir. And the people there are phenomenal people. But, you know, there was a time when I was a young policeman in Baltimore that we had murders, robberies, drug overdose deaths. All these things have been going on for decades, are still going on. But now it's become a prominent issue in counties where we never had to deal with that 20, 30 years ago, or it was very rare. How often are you seeing these sorts of things in your agency, in your community? Well, you know, 
it's it's almost a daily event to, to go to overdose calls. You know, in the old days, in the old days, and I go back a few years ago because I've been with the county nearly 40 years, uh, you know, working in the county in law enforcement. But you know, it seems like uh, every ambulance call that goes out now, they 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 stage and the officers have to respond and then they call the ambulances in for for paramedic support. And you didn't have to do that back in the back in the 80s. No. Uh, but we saw in somewhere point in time in the uh, probably the uh, probably the late 90s we saw that more, there are more and more people because <laughs> persons that a person will shoot at paramedics now who uh, p- people will shoot at firefighters who would do that you I hear saw it around the country a, a news article in law enforcement today that they are now fitting their firefighters with soft body armor yeah. because the the funding police has blown up so much that violent crimes out of control they got to worry about the, the safety of their firefighters. Mm-hmm. That was unheard of twenty years ago. I want to, so you know, a lot of a lot of them are wearing the body armor, and, and but I understand it because when they roll up on some of these calls, uh, there's a chance that they may be shot at. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 a very dangerous job, but but it, and, and you know, when I go to the firefighters in my county, we've got 19 different fire departments. They're they're all volunteer. And uh, they have a few paid during the day. By the way, they're special people. They are, and they it, they, they they put themselves in in death's door, for lack of better words, and they do it for free. Well, they run into fires, and then and, and it's very dangerous. I go away from fires, and then they, we've got our rescue squads. We have three different rescue squads that are that are in our county, and they're all volunteer. It's just amazing. And, and what I'll try to do is try to help them where I can to get them more funding to help them. To go, you know, we had a river operation in, in Rockingham County where we. Had had a family of nine and and five people drowned they they went down a river and it went over a dam a, a low yeah. overhead dam and they and, and several, five members drowned and we had to bring in and of course thank goodness we have the rescue squads in their train but they went in, but they tore up their boats they tore up engines and it was a, it was a six-week uh search and then into a recovery and uh, they did a tremendous job. Our highway patrol brought the helicopters in. Uh, just a lot, a tremendous effort. But a lot of those persons are volunteers, and so a lot of people don't realize uh, they don't realize it. So that's why I tell them: support your volunteer fire department, support your rescue squads, and these re- and support your United Way because they've helped fund a lot of these organizations. And, and by the way, it doesn't take a lot to to show your law enforcement people you support them. I always jokingly say wave with all four fingers or all five fingers mm-hmm. and just say a thank you. That's well, all you can do. Well, I got to say this. You know, if you watch TV and you see all the negativism stuff like this, and, and I tell my deputies, because, you know, uh, with my schedule, I'm in pretty regular at the shift meetings. You remember you remember Esther House? We yes. used to say, don't forget, be careful out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. No street blues. And I tell my guys, remind you guys, be careful out there because it is important. But, you know, I tell a lot my guys a lot of times, when you see on TV and you think people don't care about you, just remember this. There are a lot more people who love you than hate you. Absolutely. And so so remember, all the world is not against you. We've got a lot of support in our community. Now, I can't speak for every community, but I can tell you this. In Rockingham County, we get a lot of citizen report a support and that is tremendous and uh again you know we we do have some some elements out there i gotta give a shout out to border patrol uh they've called it they've called it rough listen i i'll be honest with you i am so angry I, i've said it before i'll say it again the recent border crisis in texas i think it's del rio i don't know del rio. so that was created by politicians in washington dc policy and the news media and what do they do they blame the border patrol for something the border patrol didn't do there was no whipping there was none of that stuff and they deflect they it's like watching con men always say oh no 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 it's your fault that i did this it's your fault i stole from you it wasn't me it 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 really makes me so angry and these 
poor men and women, my brothers and sisters, they go down there from other parts of the United States. They live in horrible situations, hours away from anywhere else. And this is where they, they get lied upon. Let me let me let me say this. It comes down to a single word: accountability. I'm held accountable as a sheriff. Local, rightfully local, so. Local officials are account. But you know what? Well, we took an oath. We took an oath of right. office that means something. But you know, there's there's when it gets to, when it gets to, and I didn't, I didn't want to get heavy into politics. But when it gets up into the Washington level, the congressional level. Our congressmen, our senators need to be held accountable in, in but 100 senators and 435 representatives and the administration, the president, the secretary and the vice president. They all have their roles and, and opportunities to protect and serve just as we do, but they got to do it. And when you give someone, a, when you have failed policies that affect the country and national security, public safety, humanitarian areas and public health, throw that in, public health. You need to look at the policies you've got, and it, I've always told people, if I'm doing something that's not working, let's look at something that will work. But if we've got something that's in place that's working, why change it? Exactly. And that's what and happened. don't reinvent the wheel. Well, that's what happened in this administration. It was more about politics over public safety, uh, national security, humanitarian issues, and public health. So much of what we deal with is about optics, how it looks. And substance of what's actually going on doesn't matter. You, you know, there was a time in America. You remember this now. There was a time in America when you went to court, you put your hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth, so help me God. Yep. And your word was good. Yep. In this day and time now, is what does the body camera say? Exactly. It's gotten to this point where we're, we're such a video, audio, that, and, I, and I'm not, I love the news media, and I love what we're doing here because we're able to get the true message out. But, but what's going on now? When you go to court, what's the body camera? What's the body camera footage say? What's it say? There was a time where I was thinking I wouldn't want to be a cop with a body camera. Now I say I wouldn't go on the street without one. We we about three years ago we went to the body cameras. Uh, I was resistant because I felt like your words got to mean something. Your obligation to the public, and and you being held accountable by us, by the citizens, by everybody right. in the in the process. But not that way anymore. So, so, yeah, when my deputies go out, I know they appreciate having the body camera because it is an extra source of information of what is taking place in their environment. 99.9% of all the complaints against me for discourtesy would have vanished immediately if I had a body camera mm -hmm. on. That's true. Uh, and that was the first line of defense that drug lawyers would say in Baltimore, make a discourtesy complaint and excessive force complaint. Because even when it's found out to be not true, there's nothing you can do about it. They were, never, they were never prosecuted. Nothing. Ever well, occurred. you know, you know this also by going into court is when a defense attorney has no other argument, they attack, attack the, the officer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, it's just learned. This was just learned behavior to the tenth power. So, first of all, but before we get into the long question, I have to have you back to, to answer this question: What people can do? Let's tell them about where they get more information about you, your agency, and the things you're into. Well, if you want to learn about the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina, you can go to Rockingham County Sheriff. Uh, RockinghamCountySheriff.com, and uh, you can you can see um, again. Like I said, we're on diff so several different platforms. I do a podcast. You know, I do a podcast once a month, and I talk about introduce people in, within the organization. Sometimes pull somebody in that's not this works with the organization or works around us, and to interview them and show how we interact. If we're going to make America better, and we're gonna we're gonna do good things, we've got to work together. We've got to have collaborations because nobody ever has enough help. Uh, collaborations, uh, working together, being honest with one another, being transparent, and building trust in all of our communities that we serve. That's how we make our communities better. Sheriff Page, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for your service and thanks for all you do. Thank you, man.
If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Oh,